1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com we are with the sponsor of Warden's Watch Wild, the Village Gun Store in Whitefield, New Hampshire, with owner Josh. And we're going to talk about, first of all, why a gun store is probably the best sponsor for Warden's Watch Wild. And that is because of the Pittman-Robinson Act. Right, Josh? That's true. The Pittman-Robinson Act gives is a tax on hunting and fishing uh, equipment, firearms, uh, as well as ammo, which is probably a huge contributor. So people that shoot, people that own guns, people that buy ammunition are conservationists because they probably give more money to conserving our wildlife nationwide than anybody else. This is true. And most people, when they don't even know they're partaking in that type of uh, contribution. Exactly. Yeah. They, uh, with anything, like you said, from ammunition to firearms to uh, accessories and stuff like that, a lot of it goes towards that program uh, nationally. Nationally. And it's to help out with you know, conservation efforts, youth shooting sports, uh, all other type of, uh, of shooting activities uh, nationwide. Right. And we think hunting and licenses, hunting and fishing licenses go back. But even more so is the, the gun industry, the people that are buying guns and ammo, because that actually outsells hunting and fishing licenses because there's a lot of people that recreationally shoot that don't necessarily hunt. Oh, yes, definitely, for sure. Yeah, so all the money, all that ammo goes into the Pittman-Robinson, which gets distributed among the states, uh, among special projects and things like that. So when I come to Wardens Watch Wild and we talk about wildlife, we talk about conservation, we talk with these biologists, there's, there's no better place to be than a sponsor with the Village Gun Store and Josh, and Josh, give us give us your background because it's it's pretty unique background, and I just I love coming to the Village Gun Store because it's it's personal. Uh, it's not a box store. Uh, you get to know your name. You have a few guys that work for you. You know their name, and just the the high quality of interaction that you have with customers is, is priceless. If you ask me, so sure, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so. I'm a New Hampshire native. I grew up in the Lakes region, Tilton, Belmont, where you and your dad are from. Yeah. And uh, that's why I get along so well with your father when he comes <laughs> in here. And uh, um, graduated down in Winscombe in 2002. I left for the Army. Uh, I was in the Army for 13 years. Uh, I was wounded twice. Uh, and then I was uh, medically retired uh, after serving with the uh, 10th Mountain Division. I specialized in light infantry and a reconnaissance unit. 
So I'm uh, very much so uh, well-versed in uh, ranging the woods and mm. other terrains uh, in the country and in other parts of the world. Um, anyways, so uh, I've always been an avid shooter. Um, I collect uh military uh, antiques and collectibles from uniforms to firearms and so on and so forth. And uh, that's a big thing that you'll see here in the store. If uh, When everybody comes in, they, they always point out they see a lot of uh, stuff on display from like Civil War, Revolution, World War II, so on and so forth. And you'll see stuff for sale as well, uh, which I actually post a lot of collectible stuff like that on our gun store, Facebook, Village Gun Store, and uh, Facebook there. Um, and then uh, I took over here seven years ago after leaving the Army. And uh, it's been great ever since. Uh, we've added so much to the store stores here since 74 so it started with stan and sandy holtz and they had it for 40 years and when i was getting medically retired i had a figure i was doing next with my life so i know the feeling yep i, I grew up kind of in the gun industry besides having a farm in tilton my father was a gun dealer and we traveled all the gun stores in the northeast and uh, i guess sorry guns uh gun uh, shows in the northeast so I, I grew up in the industry and so i worked hard and uh made this store my own and been working really good, and uh, I have a lot of. Like you mentioned my staff, um, everyone that works with me, close friends. Uh, we're all they're all veterans and or firearm instructors, mm. so they're all very well versed in firearms and uh, dealing with people, and um, it's, it's great. Like I said, we meet people from all over the world, all over the area. Uh, we cater greatly to our locals um, here, and uh, it's, it's just a wonderful experience living here in the North Country. Yeah, and, and one of those things when you talk about ranging and going out in the woods and stuff, you share that with youth, and that's 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 what I love. So, can you talk about well, you know what you do extracurricular to give back? Sure. So I'm actually a scout leader. I'm the Cub Master up here at the Lancaster Pack 219. Um, I do it with my son. Uh, we've been doing it in like seven years now, six years. Yeah, about the transition into the Boy Scout troop this coming uh, scouting year. And I grew up as a scout all from kindergarten all the way up until uh, high school. And uh, I didn't get to make my eagle because uh, September 11th happened mm. when I was a senior. And I left right away after uh, I graduated from boot camp down in Fort Benning, Georgia, to become an infantryman and went to war. Uh, so duty called. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, actually, we had a, a, a scout uh, den meeting last night. Um, and it went really well, and uh, it's a it's a great thing. We've done stuff with you. Yeah, uh, I went for the hike up there, their uh, Devil's Hop Yard. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know we got especially uh, you know nicer weather's gonna be coming here in the spring, so we'll be opening stuff back up. Uh, we do have the troop going out ice fishing here shortly. All right, so they're all signed up for that. But we do a lot of stuff. We're very active, and uh, it's good to get the kids out and about. And, and it's so great to have somebody with your expertise teaching youth you know with a military background your your expertise of being in the woods being in the areas ranging uh it just, it's just just such a good thing to pass on to kids to to get them into the outdoors get them out of their elements so to speak Especially and in, nowadays and, and yeah and make the outdoors their element exactly and up, up here i always t- I tell the scouts so many times i'm like we are so privileged to where we mm. live that we get to go and just step off into your backyard and go out on hikes and camp. And there's so much to see from wildlife to the woods to, you know, learning the trails. I'm like a lot of kids, a lot of scouts that are in the cities and stuff like that have to travel. And they only get to do it like maybe once or twice a year, maybe. And I'm like, we have it right here. Right. And, and this podcast, Wardens Watch Wild, is going to dig into some of the, the wild stuff that you can see in the great outdoors, which is uh, it, it's, it's going to be epic, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I know a lot of my guests are excited about it, and I'm really excited to have you as a sponsor. 
But the other thing is uh, your expertise here goes far and beyond just your normal guns. Like you said, you, you bring in the history, you look around the shop, you see muzzle loaders, you see guns from a different era, you see uniforms from a different era. And you must get people nationally and internationally reaching out to you for your expertise on these types of guns. That's correct, actually. So uh, um, I do get it's, – it's all through social media and word of mouth, actually. Uh, people contact me, email me, call me from all over the country and internationally. I've dealt with people throughout Europe, um, from England to Italy, you know, um, just uh, sending me pictures of asking about certain things, just want to know what they have or, like, if they're looking for certain things. But, yeah, when you come in the store, like we mentioned, you'll see, uh, you know, muskets on display that were made during the Civil War in New from New Hampshire. Um, I got a, a New Hampshire 5th Infantry, uh, New Hampshire Sharpshooters Civil War uniform on display and a variety of other items items for sale and war of 1812 french and indian wars uh, revolution war muskets on display you know and then also ones like that for sale so and then from world war ii stuff i got stuff i brought back from afghanistan on display in iraq g world war ii gi stuff german stuff japanese stuff um russian demilitarized rocket launchers and missile launchers on display you know but those are always <laughs> eye-catching we're also the only gun store that specializes in paranormal investigation elimination equipment you know i got a proton pack and ghost strap and pke meter on display and that's just a, you know it's a joke but it's, yeah. it's always an eye catcher because everybody's <laughs> like what is this and i'm like that's an unlicensed nuclear accelerator and they're like what and i'm like it's a proton pack ghostbusters <laughs> so we joke and we like to say we're the only gun store that specializes in the equipment for uh, uh the defense science yeah <laughs> and, and the northeast is really known for their pump guns you know you get the benoit the uh, benoit, legacies yep. Yep. the lever guns the the tracking people that that like these guns especially those pump guns uh the turn of the century they boy i bet you don't keep those on the shelves no you hit it right on the head so definitely the pump remingtons and all the lever gun, all lever guns they're savages hot, hot, hot. back in the exactly. day were savage like 99s you know mm. and stuff but like all the way from the winchester not levers to the marlins you know they just in the henry's you know i'm a gold star henry dealer i'm huge with henry but i love winchester love marlin as well and people are always always hunting for them they're always fighting for them and of course, with the shortage right now, it's hard to get them. But they definitely come and go, and especially the used ones. I always joke and say we we go through used guns like toilet paper, mm. you know. So, but people are always always fancying the lever actions and the pump rifles. Yeah, that's why my dad stops every time his trip to the North <laughs> Country. He stops in here just to see what's on the shelf for yep. for used guns for sure. You know, it's it's one of his iconic places to stop as far as a gun store. Yeah, it's always good yeah. having Bill here. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I think that just lends so much uh, credence to everything about. You know, a small village gun store that has so much impact internationally, nationally. So don't don't be afraid to pick up the, the phone and give Josh a call here. Uh, the information is going to be on our website as a sponsor. So there'll be phone numbers, addresses, emails uh, that you can reach out to Josh uh, and everything else. And Josh is a, a really good historian when it comes to Rogers Rangers. And I'm not sure if everybody that listens knows about Rogers Rangers. Uh, for this area, it's very iconic and it's very specific. And I, I think that's a, that's a really cool story that you bring with you too, Josh. If you could just share with our listeners the story of Rogers Rangers, because it's, it's, it's close to home for us. Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll put it in a nutshell for you. But uh, yeah. during French and Indian Wars, so 1755 era, of course, you had the uh, British fighting with the French. And uh, both countries had uh, you know Native Americans, uh, Indians, um, siding with them. You know, they had different tribes. Uh, on the French side, you had the whole Iroquois nation. 
Nation, and underneath that you have the Abenakis, okay, that fell under the Iroquois Nation. The Abenakis, as as some people know up here in uh, this part of New England, they were the prominent tribe. So that's why a lot of your names, Biscataqua, Pemetrawasset, Androscoggin, Emnusik, uh, and uh, Kangamongus and stuff, those are all uh, Abenaki names. Mm. And they greatly hated the English. So this gentleman named Robert Rogers, who was actually from like Methuen area, Massachusetts, but but that's where he was raised, but spent most of his life up here in New Hampshire and to Vermont and to Canada. He, as I always said, ranged the woods up here. He knew the terrain. He knew how to live in the harsh environments. He knew how to scout, hunt, so on and so forth. So the British pretty much recruited him to start a company of rangers, okay? And that's what the term ranger comes from, is to range the woods. And it was easy for him to recruit because he's like, hey, you want to fight against the Abenaki? And uh, they're like, yeah, sure, we'll go fight against them. They would go on raids um, on different type of French and Indian establishments. They would um, do recon patrols. They would do scouting missions. They would constantly go from here to Fort Ticonderoga, and do which was owned by the uh, first held by the French before the British took it over, and they would do scouting missions. Okay, their biggest known mission uh, battle that they ever saw, and they made a movie about this in like the '60s, I believe, called North Northwest Passage. There's a book mm-hmm. on it as well. To their raid on Saint Francis, which is up now in modern day Quebec in Canada. So the British said, "This is where the Abenaki are making their." Their stronghold. If you do a raid, like if you attack them, we can try to break the will, their will to fight. So they did just that. It was a long, treacherous journey. They had to go up river, then hike in, and all this stuff. And they surrounded the encampment of the Abenaki. They watched them party all night, get all crazy. And then in the morning, when the sun came up, that's when the uh, the Rogers Rangers saw that there was so many scalps on display of their fellow countrymen, men, women, children, and it just put a fiery rage into the Rangers when they attacked. And they went in and just slaughtered the Abenaki. And uh, they captured a bunch of women and children. And then when they heard that there was a French element coming back down to a counterattack, they booked it out of there. And uh, they brought a bunch of the women and children, which later they let go because they were just trying to be too hot on their feet. So mm-hmm. the party split in a couple couple, uh, couple groups. Uh, one of the groups supposedly had a bundle of treasure that during the raid they raided a french chapel and in that chapel was a whole bunch of french catholic church artifacts one being like a 50 pound solid uh, silver statue of uh, the virgin mary and the story goes is that statue and the rest of the treasure that was taken um had it was stashed somewhere while these guys are running and the story is that later, years after, there was a couple of accounts of a couple of the rangers. One of them said that it was buried at the, the mouth of the Cow River in Littleton, one at Mount Jefferson, and another one said on Mount Washington. To this day, there's still people looking for this treasure that go and try to research it, try to dig, check out places, uh, because the French Catholic Church still has those items um, unaccounted for. So there's still that that feeling that it's still out there. But Rogers Rangers are very active all through this area into Vermont. Um, you have Rogers Bridge, Rogers Rangers Bridge in Lancaster. You have several plaques. Um, uh, the side of New Hampshire into Vermont. You have uh, burial grounds where a bunch were buried during skirmishes with the French and the Indians. Uh, it was even a place where a couple of them were eaten by wolves. You have the Northumberland uh, Town Hall there where they were supposed to get resupplied, correct? Yeah, they were. There, there, was, a, there was a part where... Uh, 
the reinforcements were coming up and the rangers that were being that were supposed to be resupplied thought they were the enemy and they ran away from them great confusion <laughs> <laughs> but in a lot of cases a lot of these missions the rangers went on not many of them came back rogers were just uh Robert rogers would just come back with like just a couple of them so the very very high risk missions yeah so. wow well, thanks for sharing that bit of history, and sure. it's so good to to share history, especially about the founding of our country. Basically, that those guys formed what we know today. Really, I mean, they they were here. They were the trailblazers. They were the frontiersmen of the East Coast. They were the the mountain men of the East Coast. Really, yeah, they were pretty rough guys, and you know that's what uh, current U.S. Army Rangers are based off of. They still they go off of uh, a good collection of uh, what they call uh, the Standing Orders of Rogers Rangers, which is a list of rules of that Robert that. Roberts put out for his men, so they still kind of hold true to that, and they are a you know still elite light infantry unit, just like Rogers uh, Rangers were. Yeah, the fundamental of the whole Ranger term mm-hmm. came from Rogers Rangers, exactly. or was that a? But that's, yeah, that's embedded in our culture yep. in, in so many aspects, and really internationally, game wardens internationally are called Rangers. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's it's exactly we term Rangers to range the woods. Pretty neat story there, and thanks for sharing. And I know you're a local historian that that really likes that. So, and I really like that story, and I really like to share those there's types of things. There's always more to learn. There's always more. To learn. Uh, there's always something to learn, and that's what's great about podcasts. And I hope uh, with Wardens Watch Wild, people are going to learn stuff from these wildlife professionals, and you know, and really enjoy this. And like I said, no better place than to get a sponsorship from uh, the Village Gun Store where they sell guns and ammo that support conservation. And I, I can't say that enough because I want everybody to know that because it's, it's not well known. It's not well known how the North American wildlife management model is handled. And it's based on hunting and fishing licenses, uh, sales of guns, sales of ammunition, sales of fishing equipment and things. And that's what drives us. That's why we have such a good nation as far as wildlife management, probably the one of the best in the world. I agree. It's very important. Yes. But thanks for being a part of this, uh, Josh. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, give the Village Gun Store a, a call for any of your firearms needs. My pleasure, Wayne. Thanks. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. A mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.